Welcome back to another episode of Frame FM. I'm David Honig. I'm here with my co-host today, Max Schultz. Hello, Max. And today we are honored to have a fantastic guest, Jennifer Bach. Jennifer is the AVP of Technical Operations at Nationwide. Uh, Jennifer spent 31 years at Nationwide. Um, actually, her first job out of school, which she spent many roles, that started as a claims representative that go, went all the way to a VP today of technical operations. Welcome, Jennifer. Thanks. Glad to be here. Could you just tell the audience you know, a little bit about Nationwide and what you do? Yeah. So Nationwide is a Fortune 100 company. We're actually Fortune 83. So yay, Nationwide. We sell insurance. So think about your cars, your home. We sell pet insurance. We also sell financial products. So think of your 401ks, life insurance, those kind of things. That's what Nationwide does. Nationwide. I've been there, like you said, 31 years. I started right out of college from the Ohio State University. Go Go Buckeyes. Yay, go Bucks. Started there right out of college and been there ever since, mostly because I constantly get the opportunity to learn and grow and take on new roles. So my current role is the AVP of technology operations. Basically, I run a contact center that does technical support. In addition, I have a really cool, fun thing called our tech lounges, where we do in-person support and virtual appointments for technical support. I actually have people you can walk up and have your computer looked at and those kind of things. So we have that support too. And then I have all the back office things, uh, trainers, quality, knowledge, you name it, have all of that too. Amazing, amazing. And besides being number 83 on this year's Fortune 500, Nationwide's also number 21 in Fortune's 100 Best Companies to Work At. And that says so much about the organization. And I bet you have a lot to do with that, which we're going to cover today. But to start, Max, I'm going to let you start this off. Yeah. So, I mean, both getting back from Vegas, I guess the most important question is how much money did you lose? I actually lose too much. So full disclosure, I won some money in May when I was in Vegas. I lost exactly that amount. So I'm even. <laughs> you're even. Good stuff. Yeah. So you're, you're, yeah, you're not you're not in the red. I, 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 at this point, I'm like afraid to gamble because I hate losing more than I like winning. If I win, I'm like, oh, that's nice. But if I lose, I'm furious. So it's just like not something I can like countenance my, for myself. But yeah, so Vegas is like kind of a it is what it is. It's not really like my scene, but it's great for these kind of conferences and getting everybody there and excited and things like that. How was your show personally? I think that the breakout session I did went really well. The conference went well. We actually were there for four days, so it was a long time. We were there for the two-day pre-conference also. I was a part of that. Overall, I was really happy with how our topic went. I did the topic of growing and developing and retaining talent at Nationwide in a contact center. So that was my topic at the conference. And it was extremely well attended. Standing room almost only at the end. People were coming in. That made me super happy. And I had questions, questions, questions went all the way up to the very end. So very happy with the overall. Well, it's such a timely topic because I I don't know if you saw the study out of McKinsey where they're talking specifically about the contact center. And they said 60% of employees are likely to churn. So 60% attrition in any given year for a typical contact center. I think it's something that every single contact center leader has to think about is like, yes, you're a contact center leader, but you're also kind of like an HR manager with the amount of kind of in and out traffic you've got. I would say Nationwide's different. And I'll speak 
particularly about my contact center, just know that Nationwide has dozens of contact centers, right? So those that serve the customers, answer questions, our agents, our financial advisors, everything you can think of, we have a contact center for. My particular contact center is for technology support for all of the Nationwide employees are agents that sell nationwide products. So if they're having a technical issue, they call us. So we are in the IT area. In regards to attrition and turnover and those kind of things, I really do have a really healthy story to tell. We have very low turnover in my contact center, but the turnover we have is almost all positive. It is people moving into new roles at Nationwide earning more money, changing their career, changing trajectory of what they're doing. So I look at my contact center as an entry point, get them into the company, and then expose them to what opportunities Nationwide has to offer. My goal is actually not to, even though the title of my breakout was Retaining Talent, it was about retaining talent at Nationwide, not retaining talent in my contact center. I actually want to do the opposite. I would love to see them grow and move on and do other things, just like I have done. I change jobs all the time. And it's about having somebody in your corner that can really give you that helping hand, your champion, right? And help you with your career. And that's what so many people have done for me. So I'm trying to do that for my team. And tell me, let's dig into that right now, because I'm fascinated. Is this a company-wide initiative that you, that you spearheaded? It is not a company-wide initiative, but I will tell you it's a company-wide priority. Everyone wants to try to grow our internal talent, keep the best talent. We don't want to lose people. So as a company, we do believe in growing and developing as well as moving people into new opportunities. So as a company, for sure, part of the culture, 100%. My team in particular, I joined my team and became the leader of this group three years ago, right at the beginning of the pandemic. We had just sent everyone home and then I stepped into the role and I'm like, they're crazy. Why are they changing leaders in the middle of this pandemic? But okay, I'll do it. Once I had settled in, I realized we had such an amazing group of talented individuals on the front line, handling the phone calls, the chats, everything. And yet many of them have been in their role a long time because Nationwide's a great company. Everybody would like to join Nationwide State Nationwide. But when I talk to them or I'd sit with them during a call and listen to them, and in between the call, we would chit chat about their life or their family, their dog. I'd ask them about their career aspirations. And many of them were not getting the interviews or getting a second interview or getting the jobs they were interested in. And I'm like, okay, let's dig into this a little bit more. And it really wasn't that they weren't capable of doing it. They just needed a helping hand to break into that other area, maybe get some new experiences maybe a class, maybe something else, or just build their network to know when those opportunities were opening up. And because they're so hooked to the phone or to live chat, they don't get a ton of opportunity to really network and grow and learn about new areas outside of their current one. So we put together some initiatives that make that happen. Wow. These people that you hire are typically on entry level, correct? Yes. They're walking into a huge organization where they're a number at the beginning. So you're you're essentially trying to, you know, bring that personal touch to employees and be very approachable as an executive, correct? Correct. And I do that for a variety of ways. So just realize I have a couple hundred people that report to me. So you can't know every single person really, really well. But through different initiatives, I do fireside chats, I do, you know, what we call gamble walks and drop-ins on huddles and those kind of things. But when I'm shadowing, 
and I'm sitting next to a person virtually or physically watching and listening to them take calls. I try to do that every other week with a different person. Through that, I get these one-on-one contacts, right? Then I get to know their history and their story and what they want to do next. In addition, my leaders, my managers, directors, supervisors, they bring individuals into talent discussions where we talk about what can we do to help this group of people. And we might talk about a couple people from each team at each session. And then we put together a very tailored plan to help them, whether, again, it's classes, it's networking. We have some development programs, which is what I talked about in at CCW, where I actually loan people out. I loan people out a couple days a week where they're not on the phones, they're not taking contacts or anything to maybe in cloud engineering area, maybe to a PC services space or collaboration space, people who work on Microsoft Teams, whatever it is, I will loan out a couple people a couple days a week for months to get them a foot in the door. So the next time they have that job open, my person wins. So it's like they have an internship within a job. You got it. That's so unselfish of you. I mean, like, how do you manage that with your team? Like you have your less two heads during that, those times. Does that? Yeah, you bet. So service levels, right? So everybody wants to know the cost, the service level. How did I come up with the business case? Everything else. I will tell you, I have a fantastic leadership team that my boss and his boss that supports this work. And they know I am a talent pipeline to the rest of the organization. I have a very diverse talent group in my area. Why not, instead of going off the street, pull right here from my team, who's already acclimated to the values and what we are at Nationwide, pull from them first, like pull from them. So that's what I want to ask. It's like, what is the unique value that somebody is able to do when they're coming from the contact center and then kind of they matriculate to other parts of the org? What what do you think kind of helps them stand apart as the best possible? They know the voice of the customer. So whether it's our agents or the associates themselves, the employees, right? They already have the voice of the customer. They have technical skills. They're solving these technical problems. Generally, my people come with some interest in other areas, whether it's risk management or programming, whatever it is. If they already have some of those skills, it's about getting them the opportunity to showcase that skill. If they don't have it, let's get them into a class. Let's get them into a certification program. Let's do that. So then they can take that new skill set to this new opportunity. And the theory here is, and, and you probably have the data, that being that they're in the front lines and, and arguably they're getting beat up by the customers every day. No one, no one's calling them up and say, oh, Nationwide, you're the best. You know, like, you know, they're getting beat up. So that boy, that's, that's an important point you're making because follows them. So do you have data in regards to how that really helps them in their career? Does that follow with them? Do they just enhance themselves because they understand the customer and they're, t- they're always tied into the customer from that point on? For sure. The associates especially or my employees that especially work on applications that our sales agents use, they get to hear the complaints from those sales agents day in, day out. They see the application they're using every day. They can log in and see their machine actually log in as them, help them and other things. Imagine taking that knowledge into the area that owns that application. They have the voice of that customer directly, and now they're working on the application and they get to recall, hey, I've had so many conversations about this particular thing or that particular thing. How can we fix this? 
So that's like, it's, it's a really interesting area because I think so many companies right now, as everybody looks to kind of retain all of their customers at every level, it becomes so much about a customer empathy. How well do you know your customer and really how well do you know their problems? And I think like nobody knows a customer's problems better, or you know, in your case, almost an internal customer better than the support agent that's actually in charge of fixing them and hearing them. Like you don't need to teach empathy there. They're kind of already like, there. Yeah. yeah. So we have lots of data, just like everyone else. We have lots of data on everything. You name it, you can get data on everything, but they actually get to have the conversation. So you take the data with the conversation and combine. It's very powerful. Yeah. And I, I could imagine that HR loves you. The amount of money that you probably save the company for hiring people and more importantly, the longevity of people, because it costs a lot of money to lose a person, is astonishing. If I can ask, Jennifer, like you were at the conference too, and we all saw like, you know, we're frame AI, so I don't think there's like any secret there, but like, how do you feel like as technologies kind of change to affect that level of empathy or customer understanding? You know, we have the data, how do we take the empathy? Is there kind of an appetite for getting more of that that way? I think so. Imagine, and most of the stuff you saw at the conference and everything is a lot about AI, a lot about customer sentiment, understanding what the customer is saying. How can you help the agent with that, with popping up things, messages, whatever it is, doing analysis on every call, all those things you can take into it. I think that technology only helps us enhance that experience with them. We just have to use it for good, not for evil, right? So as the technology continues to evolve, we just need to see the whole picture, take the human element with it, and then develop this awesome customer experience wrapped around an awesome employee experience. How are you guys approaching that internally? Is that something kind of you're determining on an individual contact center basis? Are you guys able to try new tools or is it kind of regimented? It's a combo. Well, there are so many contact centers at Nationwide serving different purposes, some of us are on the same technology for certain items. If you're a certain size contact center, you use this technology. If you're a smaller one, you might use something different. We have that in common, but uh, different initiatives and programs on how we use the data may vary. So that's where I'll say there's differences. I would also say that other contact centers have similar programs, and some are much bigger than I am, much, much bigger than I am. The one serving the customers directly on, say, you want to buy car insurance or something, that, that contact center is huge. So they use their data a little differently. Their programs are a little different. But at the core, we do have some commonalities. What is your kind of relationship then with, if you're, if you're kind of like furnishing new recruits to all of these different teams, What's your relationship if you're trying to advocate for the customer on your end? I mean, so much about like we're collecting all this. How do you advocate or help your team advocate for what the customer's really looking for? I have great partnerships. So since I sit in technology, I have technology partners who face off to all the business units. So think about personal lines in particular. So we'll just take personal lines. I have a technology partner who heads the personal lines technology, and they have a great relationship with the business side of that. Together, I can send information to either my technology partner or to my directly to a business person. We, nationwide, although large, is quite small. When you get to the executive level, you all tend to kind of know who people are or you know someone who knows someone who can connect you. And Nationwide such a caring, really community family that we all try to help each other out. So when I see something, hear something from my team that I think would make a huge difference, again, let's just take personal lines. I'll reach out to my technology partner and be like, hey, 
this is what I heard. Here's an example of this call. Listen to it yourself. What can we do about it? Or here's a theme we're seeing with the tickets. Can I meet with the business partner and you to talk about maybe it's a problem with their application? Will they actually listen to the call that you sent? Sure, they'll listen to it. That's amazing. We, I mean, we deal with a lot of folks in this space and like they're getting an executive that doesn't necessarily sit in the contact center to be willing to take part in that is just not something we see all the time. It's kind of like, oh no, we're removed. That's part of a silo that I don't touch. You can get to me <laughs> a report if you want, maybe an email. Yeah, no, I would say we don't do it very often. We don't send them calls very often. But if it is indicative of what we're hearing as a trend or a theme, I can be sending it as an example and then I'll be, they'll be open to it. They don't listen to a lot of individual calls. Sure. But I just mean like that, that's just an example. I think it, it sits with the trend of empathy that you are kind of describing. Exactly. Yeah. You have to remember Nationwide is a very customer focused company as well as a very caring company. In fact, those words are in our mission and vision, right? We want to be that type of company, the most trusted, the most caring protection company there is. Yeah. I mean, I think David said it earlier, but it's rare when you call your insurance company or I guess, you know, you're dealing with a very, you know, urgent internal customer. Although, although I do call Nationwide once a year in December, I have Nationwide for my pet insurance for my golden doodle Jasper. And I call them because I want to do all the, I, I, I only do it once a year. I process all the bills. I always ask them a question like, okay, how do I do this again? And they're so, they're always so nice. Like, oh, go on the app. You're on the app. Okay. This is what you do. Okay. That's right. That's how I do it. And they've so, made it easier and easier. They make I it easy for me because I don't want to, I just want to get it done. They reimburse me. And we're number one in pet. Number you know, one. Max, nationwide is on my side. <laughs> Excellent. That's a hell of a pitch, David. Yeah. What a house. I'm actually like locked up. But it's really important. Like, and what you just explained to us, Jennifer, is how you leverage the voice of the customer to continue to improve. And you're never resting on your laurels. And it's something you don't see all the time with a lot of companies, especially huge companies. And and I think you nailed it with the customer focus first. What are you, uh, is, what are you focused on next, Jennifer? I mean, you're coming out of CCW. Is there anything new as far as like an initiative that you kind of got inspired by that you want to try out or something? Oh, yeah, so much. <laughs> Like, I want to take AI to the next level for our team. Like, I want to put AI in everywhere we can and take advantage of it. So whether it's helping the agents with clues or scripts or other things or pre-filling things, I want to understand my customer sentiment 100% of the time, which I don't today. I want to be able to use that data to tweak things that we're doing. But yeah, AI, everything's AI, right? That's, that's what we heard at the conference. Everything's AI. And I think we're good at it, but we're not great at it. So we need to be great at it. It's great. Now, do you feel like, I mean, this is this is self-serving buzz here, but I'm, I'm just trying to think about it. Like, is there pressure from the top to use AI or is that something you feel intrinsically yourself? Like we want to bring this in because of the opportunity to kind of display something versus, or is it top down? I would say both. Definitely the top down. We just had a meeting just ended right before this where the whole topic almost was generative AI and what nationwide stance is on it. We have a white paper we wrote internally so everybody can have some basic understanding of where we are and what we're doing. So definitely top down. But my team in particular has been talking about what we can do with it for a while. And it's getting in the right solutions to help us with that. Max, I think I know a couple of people that could educate them. (laughs) I'm I'm just I'm just saying. Get you on commercials. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. 
It's all the good stuff that companies like yeah. you are doing, right? It's all that good yeah. stuff. Oh, our our yeah. mission statement is, that, I mean, this is very bumper stickery, but we are trying to make good customer experience make sense from a business case. We want to help connect that the those business outcomes to the positive customer experience because we're all customers at the end of the day. That very true. Love it. Love it. Nationwide's very focused on the customer experience. My whole team is very focused on the customer experience externally, as well as the internal employees who are also our customers. So we do have an EX focus for the agents who take the calls, their experience with their desktop and everything, but then also the employees who are calling into them, their experience. So we're all circled around on that. So do you guys call it separately? I mean, we keep using the word customer and it's like you are dealing with an internal slash external kind of agent, like, you know, the agent's actually going out there and selling that stuff. Would you consider that part of the employee experience measurement or is that part of the customer experience measurement? Like if you had a CSAT, is that ESAT? I do consider it a little bit differently. If they're not inside of Nationwide as an employee, we call them external customers. But for us, that's, for my department, that's an agent. That's a, someone who sells nationwide products, homeowners insurance, et cetera. We do look at it a little differently, but I have a CSAT score also for internal employees. So we call them all customers, just to be honest. But I do make a distinction that there are things we can do internally for our employees that we can't do externally. For example, I mentioned the tech lounges earlier. That is for internal employees to help them with their computers, their phone apps, whatever they need. Just think of Geek Squad. Come on in. We'll try to help you. <laughs> it's amazing. Amazing. You know, it's funny. Like before this conversation, I really didn't know what to expect other than understanding on who you might be as a human. But like, man, I really hope your top brass executives listen to this because the thing I see, Jennifer, is like someone that's filled with passion, empathy, care, and always wants to develop and be better. Right. And that's not just you, but the people that you that come underneath you. And watch them grow because I imagine the people that have started with you many years ago that are growing within the organization, you keep a very close tie with those that those people, right? And and it makes it's like almost like a child in a way. And it's probably something that's within your culture in the organization. So I, I mean, I would argue that you're customer first, but I would say you're your employee first, right? Now, happy, good employees means happy customers. That's that's how it works, right? Good hands. And I appreciate the compliment. For sure, this is a passion point for me. When CCW reached out to me and did an interview and they were, I was talking about everything. I was talking about technology, processes, people or whatever. They honed in on, we want you to do a topic on people, like talent and development. And I'm like, okay, that sounds good to me. I could have went a lot of different directions with my breakout, but they sensed that same passion, I think, that you are sensing now. I think that's what I'm most proud of. When my time is up at Nationwide and I move into retirement someday, it's going to be the people that I helped with their career and their journey and help them in their whole livelihood, right? So as you help people move up in their career, you're helping them make more money, save more money, potentially put their kid through college, all those great, awesome things that make life life. I was a part of that too, in some small way. Uh, and that's what I'm proud of. You know, I hope people are listening here. The one thing, especially in my career in tech that I've noticed with a few exits, I've always been the oldest person, right? You know, in the, in the group, right? And, and when good things happen and you, we have great people and they grow and you stay in touch, the thing I've realized over time is that I've learned so much more from them 
than they probably could have ever learned from me, even though they might disagree. And I'm sure you feel the same way with some of the people that you've watched grown because you've learned from them and you've grown because of that. Absolutely. Agree with you 100%. And I will tell you, really proud moments are when they exceed my position, my level. They're even higher than I am. Like that is amazing to me. Like, look at them go. Like, look at them go. I can be this huge cheerleader. I'm like, this is great. So proud. So proud of all their accomplishments. And again, I wouldn't be where I am today without champions and helping hands and other things. So I want to be that for anyone I can be that for. Well said. Well said. So, you know, typically we end the podcast by asking our guests something about them that maybe their coworkers don't know about them. Is there anything that about you, a passion outside of work, something that you do, something that you enjoy, you divulge it, whatever it might be that you would like to share? So I would say that my staff, my direct reports might know this, but I have a huge passion for my dog who's sitting right there. His name's Joey. Love Joey. Walk him several times a day. Love him. He also used to volunteer with hospice with me. So that's one thing maybe not everybody knows. If you want to know my guilty pleasures, Netflix, like Netflix, Amazon. (laughs) I'm a junkie on some of these shows. However, I just started watching one on Showtime, which I never watched Showtime, called Yellow Jackets. Holy cow, is that good? (laughs) That's good. So I'm kind of a little bit of a Netflix slash Amazon slash other thing junkie at times. It's how I unwind in the evening with my husband. We both like to just kind of relax and watch an episode or two of something. And Saturdays in the fall, you wear your scarlet and gray. Correct. That is right. Go Bucks. O-H. I-O, baby. There we go. Thank you so much for your time, Jennifer. We really appreciate this. And and, and we hope to really stay in touch with you. It, it's been a pleasure. And, and for the folks out there, if you know anyone or any business leaders that would want to, um, you know, get some of this, this, this amazing conversation that Jennifer, Jennifer has, has, has brought to us, please share it out. It, there's a, there's a ton of wisdom here that a lot of people can learn that sometimes we overlook, you know, and you can't teach passion, but, you know, you could be empathetic, you could be caring, you know, passionate, customer focused, do the right thing and grow your farm club into, when I say farm club, your staff, where you're helping out the company as a whole, but also giving a great customer experience. So Jennifer, thank you so much. Have a wonderful holiday weekend. Well, even though this is going to be live after the holiday, be well. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a blast. Thank you, Jennifer. This is great. 